first of all, thank you all again for all of the help you've brought to this uh, this practice center, this monastery, this uh, community sangha, which you are a part of. So thank you very much for all of your help. And again, asking to, if you can, to continue to help us. If you appreciate what is being done here, and you, there's a lot more to see if you're going to the website and look around, a lot more that we're doing and endeavoring to do, please help us and thank you. This morning's talk is titled, Where Are All the Monks? Oh, that's right. No, it's not, <laughs> not titled that. No, they've, several of them has gone, have gone out west. So that seemed good. No, it's actually titled, uh, Keep Sitting. That's uh, a direct instruction that I received from the Vidyadara at Shogyam Trungpa Rinpoche in, uh, I think it was 1974, somewhere in that area. Keep sitting. And I said, maybe it was later than that, said that several times. And I said, oh, you bet. He said, you bet, you bet. He was very successful at mocking me and making me feel humiliated. But I'm telling you, saying to you, suggesting to you, since you're here, keep sitting. And not that I'm uh, some kind of voyeur, that I can read minds or anything, it's just that I've been doing this a long time. Close to, not there yet, but close to 50 years. I've been teaching directly like this for about 15 of those years. The rest of the time, I just taught people how to meditate. I didn't say much about their practice itself because I just didn't. It was not my uh, function. But I can tell if you're not sitting or if you haven't sat. I can also tell if you sat a lot, not because you show up as some kind of magical bodhisattva, it's because I can tell what's happening with your mind just by listening to your everything, your tone of voice, I can tell, and anybody who's done this for a long time, suddenly, if you've been looking at your own mind and watching and watching and watching and not objecting, not agreeing and not shutting down, you begin to see the fundamental nature of confusion in your own mind. You're not going to see it out there. That's projection. You see it in your own mind, but you will not see it, and you will totally miss your life and be back another time for another going back into third grade and starting all over again. Don't believe a word I say. You don't have to believe me for something to be true. It might look like uh, we're training monks here to be teachers. You can't do that. You can't train a monk to be a teacher. The reason they're doing this, they don't even know this, but I'll, and they'll forget it once I say it, but I'm, we're doing this so I can see who I'm talking to, so I can see who I'm listening to. Somebody gets up and gives a Dharma talk, pretty much uh, hanging out forever. Everybody can see how foolish you are and how full of yourself you are. And I can see it too. And you might even be able to see it. Maybe. This is not about improvement. It's not about getting to be a great teacher. I don't need to wave that stick around. So keep sitting. So we're going to go back to kindergarten right now. For those of you who want to stay, we're up to 44 uh, screens on. We'll just see how fast they drop off. Let's sit for a while. I'll give you some instruction as we sit. Holding the body very still, keeping the gaze right at the top of your computer screen, if that's what's in front of you, or just over the top of it at your, uh, uh, at your uh, uh, kerosene lamp collection on the shelf across the room. Holding very still, just observe. See. Feel, smell, taste, think clearly. Receive that. Just receive it. Whatever arises is exactly, precisely, fundamentally what you need to see as you train your awareness. 
Don't agree, don't object, and don't distract or ignore. Just observe. If you find yourself wandering into a daydream, just observe. Notice that there's a daydreaming that happens before you name it. Before you realize it. I've had three already. Just observe. This is the host within the host. Just receive. Keep sitting, keep sitting. Return, return to the cushion. Return to the three jewels. Mainly return to the cushion. Get, sit down in front of a wall, something where nothing's happening. All the senses are open and unreceived. Just receive. This takes a lot of practice. You can never get good at this. You can never yet become an expert meditator. 
as Suzuki Roshi said in his book back in the 1960s, Zen mind, beginner's mind, always a beginner, always starting over, no accomplishment, no stair steps, even though it's taught different ways. It's taught as gradual. Go, you could go ahead and do that if that's what you'd like to do. I just don't teach it. That doesn't mean that it isn't valuable and that the thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people aren't benefiting from a, a way of teaching that I don't talk about. I teach to who's in front of me. If I had, if I had a thousand people in front of me, I would not be talking about this. I'm talking about this is because I have all of your attention. I can, I can receive a question from anyone here. I can interact with you. I like it that way rather than having thousands of people and being uh, all over tricycle or <clears throat> Shambhala Sun or something like that. Not interested in that. So keep sitting. Why is that important? Because the thinking mind, the conceptual mind, the grasping, rejecting, shutting down, opening up, manipulative mind is powerful. And is, it is backed up by centuries, not just not necessarily talking about your past lives. We could go into that possibly, maybe. Maybe you haven't had any. Maybe there is no such thing. Not interested in proof. If you're interested in proof, then this won't work because you won't get any proof. What you're going to get is reality, and it's uninterpretable. If you're interpreting it, this is a cover-up. It might as well be putting a warp and woof in front of you. Might, be, uh, might as well be on a mental loom making some kind of garments to hang in front of you. So, because I like this and I like that, but I don't like that over there. So I'm going to build a shade, build a protector, build an umbrella, build a wall. Go do that. I would say, look at the wall that's already there. Look at the walls of your mind. Mukege ko, as it says in the parts of you. Walls of the mind are intense fabrications built on what? On the foundation of fear. And so if you meet people that are not afraid and are doing fine, and um, that's because they cover it up. Because what the Buddha said, life is suffering. That's not nihilism. So we cover that up so that we can enjoy our lives, go to the beach, take our children, but if you notice, if you look around, none of this is guaranteed. Look at the warfare going on in the country. This place can blow up at any time. The whole world can come to an end at any time. That's always been the case. But now that there's nuclear sable rat saber rattling, is it sable? Saber? Yes, thank you. You corrected me once, right? Be careful there. So first, we need to see the war that's here. And if you have that covered up with any number of things, you can cover up the war here. You can cover it up by puffing up around it, being above, your, you know, you've conquered your inner war. You can do it with uh, fame, fortune, activities, grasping and, and, and finding thing, something you can grasp at that you can actually accomplish, you can use it as a credential. This is how they control people. This is how the military controls people. For centuries, they've been giving out medals and really cool helmets. Chevrons. I know I was there. I know what that is like. To have that be your reward system. Everybody back patting, patting each other's back. Uniform code of military justice. Esprit de corps, the spirit of a unit. You get these people all to get together and then you have a band of brothers uh, they don't care what you're fighting for. They just want to protect each other. And so they end up what, doing what the king orders them to do, whether it's a president or an emperor. That little emperor is right in your head, right in your mind stream. Find that emperor. All you have to do is locate that to see that it's untrue. The throne automatically disappears without any effort at all. Keep sitting. Find a way to do that. It's so important. Of all the things that I could recommend or encourage, that would be the main one. Whether you come here or if you feel like you're a student of mine or just somebody wants to drop in and see what I'm up to every now and then, 
what I have to say or what other people have to say to me. That's not my concern. That is your business, your life. I say, don't miss your life by covering it up with anything, including Buddhism. You can do this. You can realize the truth yourself. You might need some help. You might need a cushion. You might need a teacher. You may need a, a teaching uh, a community. I'm quite biased there. I would think that it's pretty hard to understand this deeply yourself without that support. Keep sitting. There's a lot of, there's just so many, so much room for questions in there. I think I would like to stop and receive your questions and I'll do my very best to respond to them in a way that is as clear as, as I'm able to do. Very able to respond as Yogado. Yogado Bowling. Uh, it, it seems like I've been looking at sitting as a cumulative thing. So if I have been sitting a lot and then either because I'm traveling or sick or something, I have a period of not sitting. I can feel myself speeding up a bit. Is that, is sitting a cumulative? It could, it could be, it could be. So awareness. It's just awareness of what's happening. It's the awareness of what's happening. It's not what's happening because what's happening is dependently arisen. You have no say-so over it, but you do have some say-so about how aware you are of what is dependently arisen. Just like Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, when he came out of uh, Escape from Tibet, uh, if you any of you have read his book, uh, Born in Tibet, he talks about something that just astonished me at the time. Here that he is being pursued, his uh, little band of Tibetan uh, monks and, and uh, civilians, I guess, coming out. Uh, he went, started out at 300, went down to a couple dozen, actually got out. But part of the way out of there, instead of continuing to run away from them, he went into retreat for two weeks. So at the time, that was a kind of an astonishing thing. Someone trying to get away from the Chinese communists, and he uh, set up a tent, went into retreat. And the people who were with him could either keep going or they could stay there with him, which I presume they stayed with him. So sitting meditation is important. He'd been sitting since he was four or five. So it is the awareness of what happens, not not the, the event, the situation that comes up. That's also important also, but it's the awareness itself the space itself. More? Jokido. Jokido bowing. It feels like something is lost when um, when I haven't been sitting enough, whatever that quantity is. I, I keep going to quantity and and, and that kind of value. Bowing. Well, I think there's something to that. I often ask someone uh, how much they're sitting. They're a student of mine, especially. How much, how much sitting do you do? And if you're in the monastery, you'll know just from living here at different periods of time when you've been here for a while, you notice there's a schedule and it's set up in such a way that unless you have some way of have some uh, livelihood that you're, you need to work on, which you may, then if you did all this, has anybody ever calculated how much actual sitting meditation would happen if you did every form here in the monastery? No one's on that. I bet the Sukhansu has, and he's not here. About 29 and a half hours. Oh. <laughs> Is that it? One week? Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. And you probably are sitting that 29 and a half hours. No? Okay. Oh, okay. So you're not sitting enough then. <laughs> 29 and a half. Uh, that's quite a bit. That's a fair amount if you think that's that's not a full work week, but there are people here who have a full work week and still sit that much, still sit 30 hours or so a week. So it helps to have the form, just like in your situation, when I say keep sitting, if you're, uh, if you live a long ways from the monastery, uh, if you're, if you're busy yourself with your job and, and uh, or if you're in a, some people are live in other countries, uh, maybe in a situation where you can't, it just isn't easy to do that. So I would say try to set up a form, set up a, have an altar uh, and have a, a place that's just dedicated to that. 
So, and then uh, the other thing I quite often say is if, if there's a day where you can't get to that, at least stop by, bow to the altar, which is you're not, you're not worshiping anyone. That's a misunderstanding if you're confused about that. There isn't anyone. It's a, a non-theistic approach to the spiritual path. You don't need a deity. Although Tibetan Buddhism, we have all kinds of deities, but those are just aspects of your own mind. They aren't separate from you. A little bit different approach to consciousness. Stop and just offer incense. Uh, offer some flowers. Do some kind of a gesture towards something that is meant to function as a mirror for your own mind. You fiddle with a bunch of flowers on an altar, you're, you're going to see your own mind, let alone place an incense at a 90 degree uh, position in a bowl of uh, sand, whatever you have. Does it matter what our, your intention is? Well, I think it has, there's something there. The intention is to uh, in, this, in, your, in the sense of your practice, since you're a fully ordained monk, then your, your intention um, traditionally would be return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and that's going to show up differently for everyone. In your situation, your connection with the teacher is strong, so that would be part of it. Sometimes there's refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha, I take refuge in the teacher, however you call the teacher. In the Tibetan tradition, you would say, I take refuge in the Guru. Which just just means teacher. It sounds fancy because a lot of a lot of colognes are named guru, and then there's car gurus, and there's um, there's a lot of other guru stuff happening out there. That's not the same thing. A question from Terry Duperin. Terry, you said we are the host. What do you mean by host? Receive, receiving guests. Everything is a guest. Be kind. You say everything arises in your mind needs to be there. It's dependently arisen. It's not your personal property. So you don't have to push it out. It's not your personal property. So you don't have to grab it. It's not your personal property. So you don't have to say, well, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to ignore that or distract myself into going to the beach or um, having a party or something like that. So host. The host within the host just means it's 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 uh, another way of talking about that there's no personality there. The first host is more of an exterior understanding, but the interior and exterior worlds are not two different things. They just look like it. It just it just looks that way. It's called illusion, and if you look right at the illusion long enough, persistently enough, and return to it over and over and over without changing it, without agreeing with it. Without shutting it down, you'll see your true nature. No guarantee, but uh, probably that's going to happen just because of the way that whole situation is structured. You can see that. You don't have to join Buddhism necessarily. You don't have to be a monk. I had to be. It's choiceless for me. And anybody who, who is a monk who is sitting here, probably is choiceless for them. The way you find out is they don't know why they did it. Not really sure. Neil Kabayan, what is the, is sitting the chief refuge on this path, Molly? The, the three refuges, uh, the, the chief one would be the Buddha, refuge in the, in the enlightened one. And then and refuge in what, you don't really need this because they're all three are inseparable. Then refuge in what he, what he was teaching, which is everything is dependently risen. There's no solid self anywhere. There's no being. Everything is empty of the existence that appears to be there. But you have to see that. And it's difficult to see that at the same time you can hear your own voice chattering away, and your own hand moving. So the, the idea that there's someone here, there is something here, but it's not separate. There is not a separate hand anywhere. It just looks like it's in a, that's why they call it an, an illusion or delusion because it's so intensely powerful. Look how intensely powerful a nightmare is. They're intense. And if you're in the middle of one and you, you, you know, you don't turn around and say, well, it's just a dream bear. And those are dream claws and a dream maw. You run. 
So then the first uh, refuge, in the, refuge in the Buddha would be the, the way you're asking the question, I would say that. Refuge in the teacher, the teaching person. That doesn't mean that you, uh, in the Tibetan tradition, they, it's very intense because of the structure of society and medieval times. It was uh, whatever the teacher says that, that I will I will do. I'm not doing that here. I'm not functioning in that way. Brother Divine, if somebody presents something to you as this is how it is. What's it look like to not do anything with that, not modify it or agree with it? What I do? Sure. Yeah, I don't do anything with it. And if I do notice myself, notice my consciousness move from what shows up to what I think about what shows up, it doesn't last. It's like a candle, it never gets lit. It's there, there's a match, but you don't light it. Nor do you wave it out. You don't do anything with it. But the immediacy of it feels like you're getting ready to do that. And ego gets tricked by that and thinks, well, I have to do that. It's called impulse. Perception, impulse. Perception, impulse. This is ego does this as a as a method for controlling him or herself. Just jump on it. More? If it looks like What's being presented is just a, is a bunch of concepts that it's not like the truth. Is it disrespectful to look at it as an illusion? I'm, I'm not quite tracking what your question is. Why don't you be more clear about what you want to know rather than your description of what you want to know? It seems like if you do nothing with somebody's presenting you with something, they, that's yes. how it is for them, and you do nothing with it, it kind of... I mean, just similarly to my own ideas, it just starts looking like it's spun up, like it's not not necessarily reality. And I'm just wondering if that's disrespectful. I don't think it's disrespectful. No, it's, it's not really ever disrespectful to listen to someone or including your own mind. Be respectful of your own confusion. Just listen to it, don't, don't fix anything. If something needs a moving or shifting or restructuring in some slight way, that will, that will just occur. Dependent origination is totally happy to um, meet you. And will, it will meet you. If you're meeting everything that arises as it is, then as it is will meet you. That's why it's sometimes called a mirror. No solid solve anywhere. Truly disappointing from the point of view of ego. But from the point of view of reality, it's the truth. And you would die for it. It's that clear. When you're Maui, earlier you said something to the effect that you're not interested in thousands of students. No. What are you primarily interested in? Tens of thousands of students. <laughs> <laughs> if, if a lot of students came, and I, which is unlikely to happen, more likely that I'm uh, will disappear sooner than that. But this particular style is not, and my own life is not particularly uh, stand out. Doesn't stand out. But it's I just meet people where they're at. It's, it's uh, it just seems totally appropriate what is happening. I, I have maybe fifty or sixty students. Maybe is that an exaggeration? I don't know. Never counted. Well, you're bowing. So uh, we were talking this morning on the way in about all the podcasts that and all the titles that uh, you've yeah. presented in the years that you've been teaching. Yes. Is there one that is the most important? You were talking about sitting here today, mm -hmm. keep sitting. If you had to isolate one teaching. Be with all things. Don't object to anything. Don't agree with anything. Don't ignore anything. So you say. You heard that story, so you say. That whatever happens, so you say. It's the it's the abandoning and reacting to whatever occurs, especially if it seems totally valid, and everybody around you say, "Yeah, that's you're totally justified in doing that, feeling that." The world is trying to get you to agree with uh, materialism, uh, 
much all over the place, advertisements. Or what do you want to know? When you're buying, you also say, don't believe what I say. I do. You often say something and then say, don't believe me. Yeah. But consider it. Is there a difference between consideration and belief, Bowie? Okay, there is. Considering you're, you listen to what's been said, everything is dependently risen, nothing comes from its own side by itself, which has been said way before I got here or any of us got here. So it's just something that I, I'm also looking at that. I don't get that from reading about it. I get it from, from looking at it, listening to you, listening to anyone, listening to my own, watching, observing, seeing my own thoughts come and go, ramp up and ramp down, coming and going, no interference, no self. It doesn't mean that there, that the self has disappeared. That's a misunderstanding, a big one. You don't have to get rid of your ego, transcend your ego or any of that. Sometimes it can be talked about that way, but basically just seeing that it's unreal. And that way you're not bothered by what you think. You're not bothered by what you feel. That doesn't mean you ignore it or jump to a conclusion like it doesn't matter. Some other position about it. I think you just said something to the effect that um, about the self interfering. Is the self always in interference? The, what we're talking about, the seventh consciousness, or the imaginary aspect of consciousness that shrinks up into a ball of paranoia, and it protects itself so well that it doesn't even know it's afraid, and it doesn't even know that it's unreal. So there's that protection going on. With opinions, ideas, judgments, strong belief in anything will, will protect that self-centeredness and give it a lot of uh, temporary safety. That wasn't your question, though. Divine, I'm just looking at um, the this imaginary self. Yes. And trying to weigh, I guess, benefit. You say we don't have to get rid of anything, so no. we don't have to get rid of the ego or that seventh consciousness, the paranoid self. Yes. So what is its purpose? What's its purpose? The seventh consciousness. Well, it's a, it, it protects, a, there's a belief, consciousness is so incredibly open and uh, sensitive that aspects are, con it's part of just the way things are created as separate things like trees or raccoons or clouds, the, the individual dependent origination of relative truth coming and going, forms showing up and dissolving, showing up. We're born, we die, we're born. But, but our fundamental nature does not appear. So it can't disappear, just a relative way of saying it. But the, there is no like underlying purpose other than the relative ones of, you know, the just like uh, um, before we started meddling, the human beings started meddling with the, uh, uh, based on greed, um, a tree is not particularly greedy, although a, a tree might be closer to the pond. And so it might get bigger than the tree that was planted earlier. Uh, which was bigger to start with, but it wasn't wasn't planted next to the food source. So it's just a relative situation. Isn't it? One tree is a better tree, and and most of that dependent origination is is untraceable. It's like roots in the ground. You can't you can't see which root is going where, or which root was stopped by having a, 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 a rocks in the way or something. It's just I can invent all kinds of things. Or which tree was planted right uh, on top of a uh, the reason we call it the black stag is there was a stag that was seen on the property that we moved on to 20 years ago, and there was a tree planted right there, and that tree grew to be enormous, probably because of that fuel uh, that was under the ground. Don't know for sure, because there was another tree a ways away, didn't grow much at all. Just that, that, that I'm just using that as a kind of a vague example of you can't see all of the dependent origination. That's why when some person is born as a, has a natural ability to um, play music or just very musical at a very young age, other people, it, don't, it doesn't matter how much you train them, they can't be president of the United States. Well, maybe they can because the system is pretty screwy. So, well, go ahead. Divine. So if this, 
have really good questions today. Since the seventh, you have really good answers today. <laughs> <laughs> Since the seventh, it's illusory. Yes. Can we function without considering the seventh? What do you mean by consider? I guess I'm looking at in the structure going from the sixth, the mind consciousness, and to the eighth without having a seventh as an intermediary. Is that again? Well, it's, it's it's just yeah, a structure. Using that structure, yeah, you could say it just it, it just it's like a it's like that used to be a building that was all shut down, had guards at all the doors, and if anything came from the eighth down to the sixth, or if anything came up from the sense fields <clears> through. <throat> through the thinking process, uh, came into consciousness, into the sixth consciousness, and then went into the seventh, there would still be something, should we let this through or not? There's some kind of a gatekeeper there, paranoia, and re-assigning re everything, reinterpreting everything, not letting something just be what it is. It's there because it has a has a ticket to ride because everything that moves has, is dependently arisen. So it's just a dynamic that seems to happen in human beings. Um, so is this sitting practice of meditation then a path to having those doors and windows open? Seems that way. Yeah, they, they, they may be, things may have shut down. You st still may have negative feelings come and go because they're dependently arisen. There's no, ha no one having the feeling. That's why it's so difficult when you are triggered by someone that says something, so does something. And in relative terms, if, you know, they did that, and therefore that's why you feel this way. But you, everyone in here has experienced something like that. It's not that you don't have the feeling. It's just that it doesn't belong to anyone. There's no, there's no identity behind that as having that feeling. So when, you, when that is seen through, then everything is allowed to come and go. One is uh, fundamentally communicates, cooperates, collaborates with everything. That doesn't mean you can be taken advantage of. It would be even more difficult for someone on a self-centered, greedy uh, path to take advantage of you because your clarity goes beyond separation, beyond individuality. You don't need to read mind because you're, there, is, there are no separate minds. A couple of questions from Ben. Um, full moon in Aries now, same as when Buddha became enlightened. When I am tempted by Mara and then tempted to retaliate by labeling that as Mara, how can I not go to war with the advisor to the emperor? Keep sitting, sit more. The way your question shows up is just more, more meet everything where it's at. And uh, the process of doing that is, is, is becoming aware of how you shut down. Don't stop the shutting down. Don't uh, using your metaphors there. I can't really respond in kind, but I would say uh, just sit a lot, spend a lot of time in front of the wall. Lots of time, more than an hour a day, yes. Or sit an hour a day, do whatever you want to do. It's your deal, it's your business, but it needs to be a lot. Take time off, go into retreat. You can do that formally, you can do it here, you can do it at other places. Um, depends, there's so many things that it would depend on your situation, your job, your age, um, who, what your student-teacher relationship is to whoever your teacher is. You need to spend a lot of time. Sit down, hold still, just like we did. It's very simple, but it's uh, difficult. And we always think about what we could be doing that would be, needs to be done. Or it could be, so because I wanted me to make an apple pie, maybe so you make the apple pie first and then sit. Further questions, please. Yes. Um, he has another question. What is the difference between the dignified kingly dignity inside and the emperor and the all-creating monarch? <laughs> Damned if I know. Well, you, you're asking the question, so you probably have a better idea than I do, and I'm not here to pass a test. Uh, I can say they're not separate, but you have to see that. Because if you, if you go into that thinking process, 
that's very suspicious from the point of view of, um, of motivation. What you what what you really want to know? I'm getting uh, I'm getting a, 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 a series of ideas about it using those uh, archetypes. Not wrong. It's just that um, I, I'm not sure what you want to know. Question from Robert Bushway. Yes. The other day I spoke with a PBS economist friend on his research into polarization in society. Do you think the equality complex has been a rising mental formation lately? Uh, insofar as I understand what you're referring to, just uh, uh, making sure everybody has equal rights and freedom. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, you can't introduce sane ideas into a, an insane asylum. It's not going to work. It has to be a fundamental addressing the insanity of the world fundamentally. Each person, each person's craziness, your craziness, my craziness. We have to sit down and find out who you are fundamentally. Otherwise, your unexamined insanity will come out in, in the form, in very un, insane ways, especially if there's some kind of a model out there that you can live up to. Just like down the road here, a couple of miles, or up the road rather, um, there's a someone's house with big flags, American flags with uh, AK-47s right over the top of the American flag. Uh, come and take it away from me, kind of threat. You know, people that makes those people probably men, not always, but probably you know, come and take my AK-47 away. It's like. Braggadocio, that, that's, that's, uh, um, you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't train that person. That person is not ready for, to receive anything. They just want to spew out their own, uh, stuff to cover up their fear. They're terrified. They don't know it. Someone who's really terrified and covers it up, but won't know it. The people who are meditating are probably very aware of their fears because you're working with awareness itself. What is the support that the Sangha offers um, amongst itself when it's a path that we all have to do on our own going? I think it's just uh, it's like the traditional um, story or name, Kalyanamitra, or companion in the virtue. You need to be the teacher or the Sangha. You have someone who is working in the same, the same practice, uh, sitting practice, possibly has the same teacher, possibly it is the teacher. And just uh, a basic support that doesn't get in the way of your own path, of your path, try to manipulate you or control you, but gives you support doing something that most of the world is not supporting you in. Because you need to what get a job, you need to vote this way or that way, or you need to straighten up or donate to this or this or this, which all may have relatively may maybe all kinds of good things. But the, but, the, but the fundamental situation has not been cleared up. Therefore, it'll rotate back into warfare again, even with, you know, patriots. You know, this is what they've been using lately, calling uh, the thing that happened at the Capitol on the 6th of January. Uh, those people yelling at each other, they're all patriots. It's just a, a silly, but also um, difficult to hear because that's, that's the way revolutions start in a similar way. So in the, in the situation of Sangha, you have somebody that they may be having trouble too, but they're less likely to blame you uh, for their issues. Uh, and if they do, it'll be more obvious, maybe not right away, uh, to you and to them that they're doing that. If it's obvious to you, then you don't fight with them. You don't do anything with them. You just, you listen, but you don't, you don't put, put more fuel on the fire necessarily. So I actually have a friend who is not based on what uh, what they can do for you on the materialistic idea or like the conventional idea of a friend that somebody loves you no matter how crazy you are. Now how, many, how, how you act, they'll always be your friend and they'll defend you, a relative kind of situation. But the person who's a friend in the Sangha uh, is not going to buy into your bull. They might listen to you, they might nod their head, but they see what you're doing. They see what you're up to. And they probably, uh, in this uh, situation, uh, 
of communicate, cooperate, collaborate, are probably going to support you in training your mind. Is that helpful or do you need more? Sokobang. Yes. I have a couple of questions and Sokoran has a question as well. Go ahead, please. Um, when we go through periods uh, from sitting a lot to not sitting as much, what is the change that is arising in one's own mind stream? Well, it's speculation here, so it's different with each person. But probably they're just a lot more, uh, the herd of buffalo is just bigger. You know, still lots of thoughts going this way and that way, and then they change, then the wind changes, then the clouds, you're just using a herd of buffaloes like thoughts. Sometimes there's a few, sometimes they're quiet, sometimes they're just munching the grass, and sometimes they're stampeding this way or that, based on whatever, based on some kind of um, otherness or some kind of relative situation. And so, but it's, it's totally, uh, there's nothing to correct there. Just, uh, when you, when the situation allows you, your fundamental intention is to, you, you, you are both fully ordained monks. So you have a strong commitment to this path, to this, to the three jewels. And, uh, and I don't see either one of you wavering at all. You may think you're wavering. I don't. You're in a you're in a unique situation. Just had a child, so this is going to take on whatever it takes on, and just meet it the best you can. You may sit a lot. You may sit very little. Did I miss what you were asking about, or or just is it is it just that my uh, response is uh, terrible? Sugar buying was perfect. Thank you. My second question is earlier, you were talking about um, monks training um, for the talks. Yes. And you said it's not about improvement. Yes. What is the change that happens over time of the practice of giving talks that isn't about improvement? Less self, less self-centeredness, less, uh, less emphasis on 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 the, on doing uh, giving a good uh, monk training talk, which we give you, you uh, monks give uh, once a month. So it's not that there won't be improvement. So it's uh, difficult to use relative terms and not talk about. Of course, there's going to be improvement. You do something over and over and over again. There's going to be a kind, but the kind of improvement that is hap- as happening there is out of the intention and not out of goal seeking, not having a standard of what would be a good monk talk. Or what would be a good Dharma talk to give? So just the, the, the talks that I give sometimes, uh, conditionally, sometimes a talk I give might be incredibly helpful to one person and the other person thinks it's, that's probably the worst talk so I ever gave. All I did is go in circles. And I just kept saying the same damn thing over and over again. It's starting to be boring. I'm going to go listen to Dalai Lama more. Or Pema Chodron. She's at least entertaining. Is the intention of getting up more important than the content? Paraphrase that. I want to hear more. Shokabang, is it more important to get up and, and practice than it is to present content? It's still, <clears throat> that sounded kind of like the old Shoka. Where, where's, that, where's that new Shoka who's a daddy? That's the one I want to hear from. <laughs> Shoka, yeah. how important is the content when we are giving talks? Well, there's some importance, of course, if you're talking about the, <clears throat> excuse me, the three marks of existence or some kind of doctrinal, some teaching, of course, it's important to cover that. So I'm, I'm, I'm still not, so how important is it? Are you trying to, trying to find out which one to emphasize and the other one to, uh, don't worry about it? Or what? Yeah, I, I think so. How much emphasis should be on the content as the training? I, I just think it's situational. It depends on what it is. But, but you know, and over the years you've been doing those, uh, training talks, they're, uh, um, 
sometimes the content is is important. You need to cover the, that material, especially if you're giving giving a talk where you need. To, didn't you give a talk once on the Avatamsaka Sutra? Yes, I think uh, you'd had me give several talks on it. Okay, so that's pretty important. It's you have to get you have to know a little bit about that sutra to be able to talk about it. So, but then what was the other option I had? <laughs> Content or the intention? Okay. Let's see. Okay, I'll give intentions uh, about thirty-eight <laughs> percent. <laughs> and um, let's see, what does that leave left? What's left? Huh? 62% is left for the, for the content. Okay, then I'm going to give 40% um, to the content, and then there's 12 left. Come on, you numbers people. Where's my math, mathematicians? 12. 12 and 40 and 32 is what? Yes. Is it 100? Shrug. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that there isn't a response uh, situationally for what you're saying. It probably is, but there's no there's no general standard for, for that. We should study the material and then you're going to present the talk. And then um, I think it's very important to just hold your seat, to sit there and have a willingness to uh, um, to you know present the material as best you can. But ha don't make uh, how you appear too important there. Like like some kind of a living up to some kind of example of of what a, a teacher would sound like or look like. Just pr make it very uh, practical. Just study the material, present it. Thank you. And so, yep. so Karen said she doesn't have a question anymore. Did I answer it? It it had to do with Shoka's question. Um, yeah. Hit that camera. Yeah. So Corinne Bowing. Yes. The inspiration to sit. <laughs> no, the inspira inspiration is to sit. Oh, that's also a situational. Uh, the situation you guys are in is it's like, how do you how do you find time to sit? You just about have to spell each other, I guess. Probably doing that already so that you can find some time to practice and let alone just to get laundry done and everything else. Uh, it's just situ it is just situational. I don't think there's any anything I can add to it other than just you're probably doing the best you can. Um, when one feel when one sees there's nothing to gain from meditation, what is the inspiration bowing? Well, it could be any number of things. It could be uh, just a vow. So uh, inspiration to sit is uh, wears out. And then, then it, uh, what has to show up then is the vow, the vow to be with all things. That's, that's, so uh, can you inspire us to sit bowing? No, I tell you to. Inspire you to. <laughs> sit. <laughs> A little bit. I, you know, everyone is different. Everyone, uh, everyone has different kinds of energy. Everyone has a different... Uh, not only level, but a, a style of connecting with the, with the, the teacher, a teacher, with this teacher. So I, I don't, people sometimes say, I have a lot of energy. I'm able to come and give talks and I seem to, but, but I don't really generate that. If I had my way with it, I'd stay in bed. I'm serious. I would just stay home, but I can't, I, ha I have to do this. And so it's not some kind of magical feeling like I'm this great bodhisattva. I just have to go in and dedicate my life to others. There's no particular romance about it at all. It's not romantic. It's just this is what needs to be done. And uh, I'm very stubborn. I intend to do that. Now, is there a result? I don't know. I'm not interested in results. It is always about the intention. I, if I'm inspiring you to do anything, I am endeavoring to inspire you to practice, train your mind so that you can so you don't add to the confusion that's in the world by by your mis misunderstanding of what's arising in your mind and thinking others are causing it even if they're actually doing something to you this is such an incredible misunderstanding and it is uh, validated by relative truth you could take it to court you could win in 
to win your case. <laughs> the world is bad and you're good. So intention, the intention to be with all things, the intention to fulfill that particular vow, it just takes over as the ego mind slowly as we begin to see that it's unreal, then the vow itself becomes what is powerful, regardless of how you feel. Not concerned about your emotions. Maybe this doesn't mean you don't feel them intensely, but they're not, they're not guiding your life and telling you what to do. You aren't operating out of how you feel. You also are very aware of how you feel. But if you go by feelings, right back in the same circularity called samsara, I can take one more question and then we can uh, all evaporate. Yes. I had a, a question on the talks. Certainly. Um, Talking about the training talks? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, how do we teach the material without leaving being a student of the material? Going? I think the repetition of doing that uh, takes care of that. Just, just keep returning. You're, 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 you're not talking to um, um, tenth graders. Uh, you're talking to fellow uh, sangha. So these people are also studying who might know more about the material that you're giving a talk on. So, but you just, you just continue to function that way. You're asked to do this. You do it. You're asked to talk about um, the. Um, whatever i mean you're given a topic by either by me or by the sukansu and then you get up and have a half an hour to give a short talk and then receive questions some of the people might not know about those talks they are some are available to on zoom yet and not on youtube but you can come on zoom and watch those once a month um did i get close to what what you want to know give me a more direct question and then you and you can get a direct answer what do you want to know when when do we abandon? Um, Don't abandon anything. More? That was a pretty clear cool, when, when do we abandon? I thought that wasn't there a question mark at the end of that? <laughs> I didn't wait for it, but go ahead. Do it again. Faster. Go ahead. Sure <laughs> <laughs> um, can we see when we're becoming a teacher? Like leaving the... Well, no. You, if, you, if you think you're becoming a teacher, I'm speaking to everyone here. If you think you're a teacher uh, of this, uh, if you think you're a spiritual guide of anyone else, uh, you might want to look closely. If that, that is a, especially if you know a lot, if you have a lot of things memorized and you know a lot and you've been studying for uh, 10 or 20 years and you think, man, I've studied so much, I know so much, I might as well just teach. I'm not saying you can't teach provisionally. I'm not saying you can't teach the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence, uh, the, the Six Realms, the Three Realms, the on and on. There's all kinds of, you could just teach Dogen for years. Uh, he wrote a lot. And so you could teach out of that. Uh, so I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but it's when you, uh, when you begin to function as someone's spiritual mentor. That's if you're not really clear about who you are, and then how, and it's not about you looking like that to others because people can look at me and think I'm full of shit. I'm not concerned with what they think. Uh, anytime you look at anybody, anything you think about anybody is a projection. You cannot see somebody else. If you see somebody else, this is a lie. So therefore, you don't have to worry about that. Just uh do as you're told until there isn't anyone you'll, you'll need an authority and uh, being a fully ordained monk you'll need the authority of this lineage you'll need that you'll need that until you don't until there's no one left and when there's no one left then everything you say is dharma that doesn't give you the right to kill people or steal from people or abuse people or abuse them or misuse them but how you function could look pretty crazy to other people Sometimes the Tibetans have used a crazy wisdom idea to 
to give some kind of a structure to the idea that when people realize their true nature, all of the karma that has been behind them for centuries starts to come through that individual. Makes me want to weep. Instead, we turn around and blame people who are teachers for this and this and this and to take out particular things. And those who dependently arisen, the relationship you have with everybody, with me, goes back centuries. The relationship you have with, with her goes back centuries, not just three weeks. So you have to be aware of that. And you will be aware of it if you awaken. If you don't awaken, uh, you'll be back. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's come to the end of whatever started. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you.